This is a great opportunity for our second Voice of Business podcast, and so we're excited to have this opportunity today to have a good friend of ours come in and talk to us, Corey Powell. Uh, but first, Corey, for Kyle and I to to we know how bad we hurt Sunday after the football game. Tell us, uh, tell us what your reaction was to Sunday's football game. It was a disappointing day. Um, there was some gloom, and there were some points where I was ready to just turn the television off. Um, I think uh, certainly was rooting for uh, Pat Mahomes um, uh, to get his second ring and uh, the Chiefs. Uh, my, my whole household was, especially my daughter. Um, but you can't win by yourself. And yeah. I think he did his job in, you know, trying to <clears throat> make it as, as he did his job, you know, despite the pressure. Saw something he ran about 400 yards of running away <laughs> from defenders uh, and yet still managed to get the ball in the hands and in the faces of the uh, receivers, and they were not able to do it. And, you know, we can have a whole other discussion about the officiants uh, officiating. But I was disappointed, but, you know, he's young and he'll be back. And as much as I'm not a Brady fan, I recognize. Uh, Yeah, that's – Yeah, Yeah, he's Super Bowls. Yeah, you can't can't argue that. You're absolutely right. And the only thing I'd add to that, too, is that – uh, his his play probably could have been enhanced considerably if he had a little bit better coaching. I think yeah. if the coaching, you know, if they had set up different alignments and things of that nature, realizing what was put in front of them and, and you know, participating a little bit, of, especially ground game, and, and that's just that – Well, you know that you have some, some, some weakness on your line, so you know they're going to exploit that. So I feel like uh, – Andy Reid got outcoached yeah. and, yeah. you know, injuries and, you know, for Mahomes to do what he did on a bum toe and with the pressure, yeah. got to give a kid a break. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Well, speaking of coaching and everything, I think that's a good segue for what we're going to be talking about today is the what we're doing at the Chamber as far as our diversity and inclusion effort and in in what we have had the opportunity to work together in the past. So uh, to make sure everybody gets on the same level of conversation as we are, won't you – Tell everybody uh, what what you do for a living and what some of the other things that you do that's been very important to you in your life. I appreciate you. Um, thanks for having me on this the second edition of Voice of Business. Um, I am the director within the Office of Institutional Diversity at Texas Tech. Um, that's part of the Division of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Um, and um, in addition to that, I'm a founding pastor of a local congregation, New Adventures Tabernacle been involved in numerous uh, organizations here in the city um, over the course of a lot of years, a lot more than I intended to be here when I arrived as a student at Texas Tech. But I'm certainly thrilled to have been a part of those things and certainly always very fond memories and, and glad to still be involved with the wonderful work that you and the staff here at the Chamber do. Yes, sir. And I just want to make sure everybody knows that uh, not only were you our 2018 chair, of that that program year but you're also our first african-american chair at the lubbock chamber of commerce so that was a significant opportunity for us so thank you again both for your continued service as well as your leadership glad to participate corey uh we appreciate you being here very much and excited to visit with you some more today uh before we get started and, and get too much in depth uh, i think a lot of our listeners have probably heard of the office of institutional diversity at texas tech 
but how about you just explain a little bit about what that office does and your role there? So there's been an office of diversity in the Insta at Texas Tech um, um, since the mid '90s um, and um, uh, mid to late '90s it was first uh, formed, and I was fortunate to join um, as a full-time staff member in 2000, um, and it's morphed um, several times as to what it does, whether it was on the system level or on the university level, but uh, <clears throat> the division of diversity, equity, inclusion works hard to ensure uh, that those uh, elements are recognized and are addressed um, from the top down. That's for faculty, staff, and students, um, and to make sure that uh, the university, as best we can, is a welcoming place um, for all of our uh, populations, and that you know it's not just ethnicity, uh, not just race, but um, all of the different uh, elements of diversity. We kind of work to advance diversity uh, in the causes um, as it supports the mission of the university, um, which is, of course, to educate um, and prepare global, uh, globally competent and competitive uh, leaders for our community. And so our work is multi-layered um, from K-12 also, um, and then certainly those within the university setting, um, both in uh, undergraduate, graduate, and the professional levels um, across the campuses. Diversity in your title, diversity in your office, diversity in, in name a lot of places, and we know that diversity and in, in inclusion has taken on different meetings, meanings in the media and to people in general. But uh, before we get too deep into this conversation, uh, can you summarize uh, exactly what we're talking about when it comes to uh, diversity and inclusion, but more so in that what we're not talking about? Well, diversity and inclusion really is, is, is buzzwords and there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding about it. And so often I think people limit diversity to just being about um, ethnicity and gender. Um, but it includes age, it, it's the cultural, it's the, all of the different elements and components that make us who we are. Um, can, 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 can be considered part of our diversity. Um, some, some people can look at it and, and as differences. I prefer to look at it as un, uniting uniquenesses, right? So we all have our own backgrounds, our perspectives, our preferences, um, but there's a richness that can be enjoyed when we're all in the same space, which leads to the inclusion part, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not about championing a particular element, it's all, right? So inclusion, is making sure that everyone is seated at the table if they so desire, um, and that we do our part from a proactive way to ensure that not only are you at the table, but that you get to eat, right? And that's that you're a participant in the process, um, that your your perspective is heard, considered, um, and valued. Um, it does not mean we always have to agree. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's one of the things that people mistakenly think we're pushing uh, a certain thing. It's it's not about acceptance in the sense of you have to agree with me, but an appreciation for the fact that your pers your personal journey, your background, there's some truth to that for you, and it, leaning in on it to say how does that help me, um, and you being a uh, a long time. Um, proud patriot and, and serving in, in, in the armed services, you bring a perspective to the table that I, being a civilian, um, 
with very limited exposure, although my wife was served also, but it's different than when you were in there. So I can't speak on that because I didn't have first knowledge. No more than you can speak for a person who is of African descent or I, we all bring our individual selves. And when we bring that to the table and we are considerate of the various voices, whether it's ethnicity, whether it's ableism, whether it's age, whether it's education, even political views, that we can experience something much richer than if we stay in our own silos. That's very good. Very good, good description. Thank you. Corey, uh, a lot of our listeners are going to be um, are going to be members of the chamber and uh, obviously have a focus on business. Um, and the topics of diversity and inclusion may not immediately sound like a business issue to many of them. Uh, so can you shed some light on the business case for diversity and how this impacts area businesses, no matter what industry or, or type of business that they're in? Most people who are in business are in business to make money, right? Provide services, provide support, but also there's an economic side of it. And um, the economic side is that, in my opinion, there is no color doesn't matter. You know, we want we want to provide services, we want to provide support, we want to provide resources, uh, and we want those individuals from our community to come through the doors. Uh, and we want to make sure that those who work for us, work with us, do business with us, um, feel valued and appreciated. So diversity helps us do business better and appreciation for those unique characteristics, those those things that we may not necessarily look at as, for instance, as an able-bodied person, I don't immediately think about the challenges um, that those who have physical limitations may have getting in and out of my doors, or those with hearing or visual impairments, or those who come from different backgrounds. Um, so to be welcoming and inclusive of all, to do to do business better, um, is to educate ourselves and to recognize that it is an imperative um, that if you want to be viable, certainly uh, if you look at the state of Texas with the change in demography, the, pop the population changing, uh, we are a cross section of the world. And you want to be able, again, we talk about the educational system, we want to prepare our students to be global leaders. Uh, you need to know a little bit about a lot of things in order to do well and not offend anyone purposefully, right? And so it's, it's really about um, getting out of your silos and your box and recognizing that there may be some blind spots um, that can hinder you from being as successful as possible. Um, so if we look about some of the things we've done in the past with even advertising, right? The way the mistakes that major corporations have had with one misstep that can cost them millions. Um, sometimes it's just because they didn't know. And so we don't want businesses in Lubbock, Texas to be on the side of I didn't know. We, won't, we don't want to lose or miss out on opportunities because we were too narrow um, to take a step out of our comfort zone to learn a little bit. And so I think the Diversity Summit is an awesome opportunity for individuals, companies, corporations to position themselves to continue to be prosperous. Thank you. Very well said. And I think that segues well into Eddie's next question for you. Yes. the One of your many signature efforts as chair in uh, leading up to and including your 2018 year as chair when we had our first very first ever diversity summit tell tell our listeners continue on if you would about uh, um, about how the summit came about and and why you're inspired to create that effort well honestly um a few years several years ago i was watching the television in horror as many of us were um as um Tensions were high um, after some of the incidents that happened across our country. 
and I watched um, Baltimore um, and I watched Ferguson and I watched those things. And I thought if something like that were to happen in Lubbock, would we be prepared um, to respond? And not so much from um, the law enforcement side, but the businesses, how could businesses um, be successful? And I, I remember watching a show shortly thereafter that was filmed um, in St. Louis, um, a suburb uh, of the well, of which um, Ferguson, I believe, is a suburb, and and the gentleman was sharing how it affected his business, even though it was miles away from his business. And I thought, how could we position our businesses to ensure that we're responsive, that we're doing everything we can to create an environment where, if there was some type of discord, it would not negatively impact our, our business sector. So. I uh, brought that forth to the then exec uh, committee um, and the chair and yourself. And over the course of several conversations, we're like, yeah, there are some efforts already being done in chambers across the country. And we tapped into some of those and had an opportunity to go <clears throat> and, and actually go to a summit in Montgomery. Mm -hmm. And um, from that, glean some ideas that could help us in shaping ours. And so we were able to host our first one back in 2018. Yeah, that Montgomery experience really was a, was good for us to understand where they were coming from as well, and it's helped pose our direction since then also. So Absolutely. They've been doing it for about yeah. 10 years or so yeah. at that point. So yeah. we were able to learn from their mistakes, their struggles, and, and implement and kind of really get a format that, that worked for them that we felt would work for us with some tailoring customization that I think has proven to be beneficial. The, the Diversity Summit this year will be our fourth one. Um, and it's going to be held virtually this year, but uh, the topic is equality of opportunity in education. Uh, and Corey, given that you have a strong background working in education at Texas Tech, um, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about this year's summit and uh, hopefully some of the key issues that are going to be highlighted during the summit? Well, absolutely. I think one of the things that it is um, important to realize that we are always, if we talk about, talk about it from the business perspective, our approach to diversity is not necessarily to directly impact the societal ills, the racial tensions, the things that we see. That's not our focus. What we hope to do is utilize business, right? Doing business better and, and working um, to empower and strengthen our local businesses, our business owners to, to then address their immediate reach, which hopefully will have spillover um, into the community as large. So um, our first event will be a keynote speaker, Margaret Spellings. She's the president of Texas 2036. She's also CEO of Equality and Opportunity in Education. So that's the first event. So as you said, this is gonna be virtual. So normally we have a whole half day event that starts around lunchtime and then goes into the evening with a wonderful, in a wonderful reception uh, because of all of the things that we all are enduring right now. Um, it's, I thought, very wise of, of you all to make a decision to go virtual. So we're going to break it up, um, have a couple opportunities for people to hear things. Um, but we'll also have um, an opportunity to learn from uh, closing achievement and opportunity gaps um, with the LISD superintendent, Dr. Kathy Rolo. She will um, be a part of a, and will uh, facilitate a panel to talk about that. Um, so that's, that's the first thing on Tuesday, um, the 9th. March 9th, and then March 16th, uh, we'll have a second session, um, which will just be from you know hour and a half, and it's on opportunities population. So looking at um, areas where we perhaps have those blind spots, things that will that the business community can do to foster better relationships with um, our 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 pipeline 
right? Looking at some of the issues that we see within the school system. How can we help partner with them uh, to address those things, to ensure that we have the rich, robust um, uh, workforce later down the road? And then on March 30th, um, tips for overcoming unconscious bias in today's work workforce. Um, and then it will end on April 6th um, with a special event that we're going to do with some of our um, CEOs. So we're, we're hitting it on multiple layers, right? Um, and giving them some opportunities to, to also take the challenge of making sure that equity and diversity and inclusion are components of their, their plans. And that's, that's a, a great, you know, selling pitch too to have folks that uh, want to learn more and participate in those discussions can join us on the, the panel, which we're advertising as we speak and, and, and look forward to uh, a, another good diversity summit that we're working on. So thank you so much, Corey, for joining us today. It's been a pleasure not only to have the years to have had a chance to work with you, but I know from, from my from my position, listening to you has been very valuable, and I know our listeners are going to appreciate that as well. So thank you very much, and 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 uh, appreciate you telling us all about the upcoming diversity summit. Well, it's my pleasure. I again commend you and your staff for the hard work that y'all do, and encourage any and everyone listening to jump in. And if you've attended before, I don't, we don't have to even sell it. You already know it's a great event, and we're going to deliver. Although it's going to be different. There you so. go. Like that. Appreciate you much. Yes, sir. Well, Corey, we appreciate you coming on. I'm going to make a quick plug on your behalf. If you're still on the hunt for Girl Scout cookies, Corey's daughter is selling them. And so uh, you can email Corey or give him a call and he'll get you set up. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us, Corey. Uh, we look forward to the Diversity Summit. Uh, and thank you for listening to the Voice of Business podcast. We're available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and directly on LubbockChamber.com. We hope you'll tune in again next week.